You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pogues, it's good to be here. I love this podcast. The ladies love it. You know what I mean? No, oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have started that way. It feels weird to start that like on a real sort of predatory, perverted note. But then again, so did Batman and Robin. So I feel like you weren't predatory enough because you referred to them as ladies instead of chicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Just right the out chicks, the door. Babes, something more inflammatory, I'm not sure. But uh, either way, it's fantastic to be here, Pogues. I have recently watched Joel Schumacher's Triumph, Batman and Robin. Uh, um, while watching this movie, I set it up because, of course, we're still in the world of social distancing. I set it up to watch it with my brother via remote. Uh, we started, oh, we started the movie at the same time. <laughs> How profound! And watched uh, it, cool. watched it while we were Do on. Do you a, hate a your brother? <laughs> no, we we don't get to get together like we used to and watch bad movies. So I mentioned we were going to watch this, and uh, I was. This is this is a sad true story. Um, he found that for some reason I he bought me all the copies of these of these movies in a four pack from Walmart for like two dollars. Like a, when we started this podcast years ago. He bought uh, me, so I have all four of them on DVD. At some point in time, while cleaning up some boxes we took from our parents, he found that there was a somebody bought this for us on DVD when we were younger, <laughs> or something, and we just have just this one. He couldn't find any of the other ones, <laughs> so he was like, "I have that movie," and I was like, "Oh, so we just timed it and both clicked play at the same time, and it. suffered through a movie." But midway through, he was like. Didn't you say this episode was supposed to be, like, in memory of Joel Schumacher? Because I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was had... like, yeah, I feel like this may not have been the film to watch to honor a man. I had some reservations, um, but I think reading reading back on some interviews with old Joel uh, about this film, I think I think he gets it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he might just get it. Because um, Batman and Robin, if you missed from our mini-episode... Uh, was fraught with a number of things everyone's aware of. Bat nipples, um, weird cartoonish delivery. Badass. Bizarre sets. Yeah. I, I uh, mean, straight that. up just a Batman 66 episode, but for like $150 million. Which we'll get more into as we go. But for now, I want to introduce my co-host. Um, because I had someone... Oh, no, no introductions necessary. Uh, that's fair, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going to do it anyhow. I had my co-host, uh, I, I had I had a, an individual in my life tell me, I think, somewhat 100 episodes or so ago, uh, so very early on, that, that, that she insisted upon being on one particular episode, and that was a film she adored called Batman and Robin. Uh, I honored that promise, and I have brought her here today, my wife, Sarah. Never oh. meet your idols. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that a comment on me or the film? The film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, interesting. I thought it was because I met Ben one time and it was a huge letdown. Because, uh, Sarah, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything for the listeners, but you may have taken a, what we might call a laydown in the latter half of this film. <laughs> I did, but I still, I would still say of the original four yes. Batman movies, this is the best. I... I might be in agreement with you uh, in terms of watchability, uh, although its length is troubling. But we'll yeah, get into that. Pose. I, I, I paused the movie at one point. Like uh, we, <laughs> we, we just, me and my brother, he was like, "Can we pause so I can go?" And I was like, "Yeah." We both clicked pause, you know. And he came back, and he was like, "All right, I'm back." And I was like, 
um, I don't want to alarm you, but while the movie was paused, I noticed we still have an hour left. And he was like, how is that possible? They're moments away from catching them in the act. And I was I like, the ex- the I exact don't same know. Yeah. When they I, were when they were essentially like unveiling their master plans and, and Batman was showing up to stop them, I'm like, oh, I guess we're getting to the end there. And I paused and I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me? I, yeah, I, it was I asked you left. to pause it. I said, can you... Pause here and see how much time is left because it felt like it should be at the end of the movie, which but not that much time had passed. Yes, I was I was confused, and that left us in a as an adult in a challenging scenario that I've been in many times myself during this podcast is can I do this now or can I do the rest of this later? It it, it puts me in the like when you realize how much time is left. I always feel like you're like ooh. I don't know if I want to keep watching this. This is, and then it makes that last hour so much longer. Where if you just didn't know, I think it would go by quicker. But the whole time, every minute, you're like, "There's still 48 minutes left. There's still 47 minutes left." I mean, we can get back to it like later on. But I think one of the reasons that I felt that way is something that we've all lost as adults. That this is one of the reasons I love this movie as a child. If you go back and watch cartoons like the x-men batman like all those cartoons you watch when you were a kid there were highs and lows all over the place strong and... disagree on batman well, x-men is hot garbage when we, when we went i went back and rewatched almost all of the x-men that i have on dvd and the only thing that came across was their animation no studio forever. was the laziest i've ever seen and these are the worst voice actors who have ever been employed <laughs> Because um, they were rough. I loved it. You shut your mouth. I yeah, loved I it. I bought them all on DVD. I bought. I spent like $50 buying every X-Men cartoon on DVD because I was like, I loved these when I was a kid. I used to tape them, you know, back when that was a thing. And I'd watch them and I'd be like, this is so great. I love these. And then I went back and watched them and was like, huh. There's like five really great episodes and the rest are kind of hot garbage. But Batman but- the Animated Series, I rewatched. And it is mm, chef's kiss until they do Batman and Robin adventures. That's when it becomes garbage. And that's going to come into play because some of the, like, concepts introduced in the animated series definitely trickled into this movie. Just uh, not well. Just not well. But something I want to illustrate before we start, because this, this is the end of our pre-Nolan Batman arc. Mm-hmm. Which this is, is the end deal. of the original Batman how, franchise. How much time was there in between? A lot. Batman 1989 well, this, this was... was our first episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, you so, mean in episode-wise, how long's it been? No, no, no. I mean, how long was it between this movie and the Nolan? So it's 97 oh, for this. Uh, it would be, and what, when six years? when did the first years? Nolan movie come No, out? eight years. Oh, the first Nolan? I see what you're saying. That's a great uh, question. 2005 was the first Nolan well, yeah, so, movie. So, so the, for the these, same it gap. was like every two to three years they came out with one. But yeah, because yeah. it went 89 this. to 2007, so eight years, and then they took a hiatus of the same amount of time before they released Batman Begins. Which is insane, because I couldn't think of two films further on the extremes than this movie and Batman Begins. <laughs> like, I can't think Why of any two, yeah, two films <laughs> so more phenomenally different and so more distinct of their era Going from, like, the wackadoo roller skating Batman they're and Robin. Up, they're straight up, like, cartoon sound effects. At one point, they do, like, the person slipping on banana peel sound effect. Like, I think they do it twice. And they, they definitely yeah. do it. But what I'm talking about is, like, the outrageous, like, like what are we thinking? 
wacky roller skating now, nonsense now this, of this movie. But, but compared to the Christopher Nolan, everything's slightly grayer than real life. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, it's all darkly lit, which is very early two thousands. But the, like something the that the noir I, Spider-Man like mm-hmm. yes. But something I noticed is uh, a while back. I, we used to have uh, movie Fridays at where I work, and we would watch a movie on Fridays. Uh, and one of my coworkers was like, here, I have the original Batman TV show. Do you guys want to watch some? And at the time, a guy used to work with me. We were really into comics and stuff. So we were like, yeah, let's watch them. It'll be hilarious. And watching them, I was like, wow, these are terrible, but they're funny to watch. But I realized this is straight up, like, not a joke. It is an episode of Batman 66. All the henchmen, all the villains have like henchmen for some reason that continue to help them and don't appear to be being paid. They're just like, and they they dress in like uniforms, so you know, like you don't confuse Doctor Mister Freeze's uh, henchman with the Joker's henchman. You know what I mean? And it's like crazy when watching this. I feel like that's what they must have told him because I know they said to Schumacher, make it campier. And I feel like he just found an old script from one of the shows and was like, fuck it, let's just throw some neon lights in this. That's sort of the interesting thing we get here because Batman 1989 is ex- is, is extremely taking on the noir and it's full of weird Burtonisms with yes, like bizarre no buildings and bizarre orchestra. Ar- ar- yes, that's the best part of Batman 89 is Anton first oh, uh, yeah. design. This is, this is the only Batman movie of the like quadrilogy like what do you call it when there's four i have no idea i don't think they intended to quartet? stop <laughs> yeah well yeah. quartet I, and, uh, I, for for like books or movies like quad i don't know anyhow this is the only one that he was not a part of who uh burton incorrect uh, i thought he, was... he wasn't a part of this at all tim burton yeah yes but he was also not a part of batman forever yeah. Batman Forever. Uh, Joel okay. Schumacher took over uh, with Batman Forever, which is terrible. Well, and I think the worst. Have... Because Batman 89 is this weird, dark, sort of like, uh, like like I just mentioned before, absolutely absurd with its architecture, but also yes. kind of dry. Like, it spends a lot of time The, the movie is Batman. not good. It's, and it's has, really boring when you go back and rewatch And it, it has a lot of Batman killing people. Batman Returns, yes. he kills more people. Uh, also, it has the very memorable fact that it is basically just a Catwoman origin Yeah, story. Batman's only in the movie for, I think we looked it up when we did it, I thought it was something like he's only Batman for like 28 minutes out of like a two hour long movie. It's more a Catwoman story, and then of course... And it's also like a lot of Bruce Wayne for some reason, which is also the true of the first one. Batman and Robin introduced the idea of going super camp, but had not gone yet all the way. Batman Forever. So it was, it was Joel, Batman Forever, excuse me. So it was Joel Schumacher doing uh doing some pretty weird stuff and, and it is jim, pretty campy there's like jim, you know yeah jim, jim carrey is injecting that sort of like i'm wearing a green onesie and i'm gonna do a lot of high kicks that's a lot of well, jim he, carrey's kind of he, and jim carrey is doing uh the riddler from the tv show because the riddler's not like that in the comics or in the right. cartoons or anything the riddler is like a manic who's hopped up on speed comes from the tv show so he's like a version of the Joker almost because he's like so zany and over the top. And it just doesn't make any sense why like a person who's super obsessed with like riddles and puzzles would also be like, you know, high on angel dust. You know, it just doesn't seem like they would fit together. And full of pop culture references that seem kind of out of place. But yes, yeah. yes. For somebody who's like in Mensa is quoting a lot of old cartoons. But Batman and Robin push it as we were about to discuss to the mm. absolute extreme because... I mean, we have 
ice skating. Yeah, they do. We have yeah, bat they cards. Yeah, we have Batman do. credit cards. I mean, we have so much going on. Let's just go ahead and start talking about it. Okay. I mean, let's just start. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. Of course. Yeah, let's start. Within, what would you say? 15 seconds, we're shown a close-up on a cod piece and then on Batman's ass, plus the nipples. <laughs> I mean, then it goes to Chris O'Donnell's ass and his I need crush. to be clear. Not the last ass shot either, but I need to be clear just to the, the listeners out there who've not watched this in a while. We are not watching someone affix a belt, and that is the focus. We just also get some subsequent collateral ass in the shot. Yeah. No, 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 no. It is center frame. I mean, can you imagine filming that? Can you imagine, like, yeah, no, no, like butt, little butt cheeks in there? Come on, just squeeze it in. No, and I have to imagine there's no they, one in that suit. They go, like, something <laughs> just empty like, suit. Why, why do they focus on the nipples? They want to show you the distinct... Which, which, uh, well, they were equipping things, They show unquote. you the distinct, possibly removable bat nipples. They, they appear to be a separate piece. Yeah. They, well, at least the bat nipples, he's, like, putting the cape on. But it's still way too much on his nipples. And the crotch shot is also sort of like, you can be like, well, he's holding his belt, maybe. But it's at like a Dutch angle on his on his balls. The shot of his butt is straight up softcore pornography. It is just an ass, lovingly photographed, again at a Dutch angle for some reason. Just, <sighs> and and it's just like five seconds, Ben's, six seconds. Ben's, Ben's getting hot and bothered. <laughs> the Dutch yeah, angle, I mean, really. Look, I'm going to say, Dem Buns. But the point is... Weird way to start a superhero movie. <laughs> Very weird. And to then repeat Especially it. Especially a hero who's known for one thing. His family was murdered when he was a child. <laughs> Not to mention also... to repeat it with the other orphaned boy. Yes. <laughs> but it, so, in every sorry. other Batman movie, yeah. they kind of focus on Batman being like, not hypersexual, but like he always has like a lady he's trying to save. And I mean, stuff. he and is wearing a he... spandex outfit. Doesn't have that in this movie sure. at all. Like, yeah, there is a. They're woman. just like they're just sexualizing him. But I think it would be. They're... I think it would be illegal to call any of the scenes where Bruce Wayne is with the woman who pop quiz. I mean, what's her? Hold on, hold on, pop quiz. What's her name? It's Ella McPherson, isn't it? Well, that's Ella McPherson, the actress. But what's her, her character's name? name? Oh, her Hannah. character's name. I'm gonna say Hannah. Was. She was very no looking up pop looking. quiz. Oh. This is indicative Valerie? of how good a character was in this movie. My, Valerie? I guess my no, guess is it was Hannah. Julie! <laughs> ah. uh, Julie Madison uh, appears like three times as one of the nine subplots to this movie. Um, and 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 there's supposed to be some sort of romance happening yes, there. This, this least, movie's got plots on plots on plots. At least she's trying, but uh, it's not I, there. I, I she's bringing that it. She was Bruce's real estate agent. <laughs> That's the level of clinical relationship. Well, we we find out her relationship to Bruce. Personal assistant, something like that. We find out by the amazing character, Gossip Gertie, who appears at every event as like the main broadcaster of Gotham. I know. A woman who refers to herself as Gossip Gertie is covering a telescope being installed. Like, I, I don't understand. She's everywhere. She was in Batman or Batman Look, Forever, remember? We assume she's she a, must know Joel Schumacher. I think we looked. She's it up a prototype for Rita to Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter. What? What? Help me out. Harry from, Potter. Yes. What? Who? Who are you trying to think? The of? journalist. Yeah, Rita Skeeter. Okay, yeah. I think I got that right. Uh, because they have the exact same mannerisms. It was well, bizarre. It, and it's also like you think like big news names. You think like Walter Cronkite, oh, yeah. and then you think Gossip Gertie. 
and just scrape with each other. All great, I, all great news I people think, have the word gossip in their first name. I think J.K. Rowling stole all of her ideas for Harry Potter from this movie before she became a horrible. I don't know what, what not, you even call it. It's not. It's not this podcast. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> Um, I, what if we on Sarah's podcast? I hate turfs, right? Isn't uh, that where they are? People who are yeah, anti-trans. Right. <laughs> Her podcast, I love Rowling, comma JK. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Way better joke. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. You know I'll what? That. I'll take that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the mic picked up my slow clap, or you're just gonna seem insane. Uh, yeah, but but to, to just set it up, just before we start complaining about them in 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 chronological order, I tried to document the number of major plot threads that are in it. I mean, major, not just little small scenes that took place. And to run down really quickly, these are the things the movie dumps on us in what an hour and and fifty minutes, whatever this thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, just shy of two hours. I think it's two oh seven. So Mr. Freeze is introduced along with his origin. Mr. Freeze has been given the purpose of finding diamonds for a super weapon and saving his wife. Poison Ivy is introduced with her origin. Bane is introduced with his origin. Poison Ivy illustrates her need to take on corporate culture and save the earth. Batman is unable to commit to a relationship. Mm-hmm. Batman and Robin are having trust issues yep, leading to yep, a yep. fracture in their team. Barbara, Alfred's niece, is introduced with no lead-up as a surprise visitor. Barbara has a secret double life as a street racer. Alfred has a degenerative disease that cannot be cured. Alfred has a long-lost brother that is important for him to find. Oh, we'll talk about that later. Now, of course, there's a big finale and everything, but those are all the elements this movie introduces You, you also skip Poison Ivy creates a team-up with Mr. Freeze... Right, of course. Yeah, they yeah. they have a team up prison break at some point in yeah, the film, and, and Barbara becomes Batgirl. Huh? Well, that happens later, folks. We're talking yeah. about in the first thirty minutes. Oh, I no, I mean, I, yeah. In I, the was, movie, I was talking. No, I was talking about the whole movie. But oh. yeah, you're so, right. So there's I, like I mean, there's there's basically like three origin stories. Yeah, none of which are done particularly well. <laughs> uh, also, where the fuck does Barbara come from? Nowhere. Fucking nowhere. My favorite thing about Barbara appearing is, obviously, anyone listening to this is a comic book fan and probably knows that Batgirl is Barbara Gordon, Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Yeah. They change it for this for her to be Alfred's niece for some reason, which you're like, okay. They never, even for a second, try to explain why a girl who repeatedly says she's just come from London... And is the niece of a extremely British old man? Sounds like she's from like Long Island. They never address it. Like she's like a like a valley girl. No, she, she and they never like they never explain California because <laughs> yeah. Clueless and the Batman universe <laughs> took place in took place in London. <laughs> they uh, no, but it's like she was never in London. But you think like they would have just been like she's like oh I was you know I'm Alfred's niece. We moved to you know pasadena when i was like <laughs> when i was four that's why i sound nothing at all like i'm british nope we're not even going to address that we're just going to be like yeah that's his niece what's your what's your point i mean i guess i guess people can move places and yeah, have but children they, but they keep open places and then go to school in other places now but real quick here real quick they pause. do mention though that she's from England. They keep saying she went to a prep school in London, and yeah, she's from England. What's but they never address her accent. What? 
What's the school, Sarah? It wasn't a prep school. <laughs> She's going to college. She's going oh. to college. And that college um, is a famous... O- Oxbridge. Illustrious Oxbridge. Yes, Oxbridge. Which, which is... Which is, like, often used in literature and TV and movies and such to, like, just refer to, like, Oxford and Cambridge. Now, are those uh, those schools litigious for people saying they attend them? Because it feels like that you wouldn't be really worried if somebody was like, yeah, I go to Cambridge. Maybe. (laughs) I I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, if you mention a school, would they be really upset that... There's a fictional alumnus from... <laughs> if it was as stupid as this movie, they might. <laughs> but they couldn't have known that during the movie. But I also enjoyed, like, instead of just making Maybe up a school... Maybe they didn't think they could afford to have Oxford <laughs> and Cambridge. We don't have Oxford money. <laughs> Do you have any idea how much these nipples cost? Uh, now like the first the... time I've asked that question on this podcast. Is that they take the two names and turn them into one school as if, like, being like, oh, we don't want to say somebody goes to Harvard or Yale, so we'll just say they're from Har Yale. Yeah, you mean, mean Yelverd? We've all yeah. heard of Yelverd. Yelverd. <laughs> That's way but better. Yeah. You're killing it tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. It might be, it it might be it's something to use in a universe where it's like it's similar to our world, but like Gotham but, City doesn't exist. That's New York City. So no, Gotham City is actually the, Chicago. Gotham City is oh, meant is to be it? like the dark and okay. crime ridden corrupt Chicago. Oh, However, nice. I have a huge problem with that comparison because that is a that is a furious insult to our city because my city is cool, but it sur- sure as fuck does not have an observatory perched aloft a crouching man. <laughs> I talked about I, this for 10 minutes after we stopped watching the movie I, with my brother. I mean, we did until 1997. <laughs> I was like, could you imagine you oh, live right, in a town... Right. And, like, your parents come to visit, and you're driving down the road, and they're like, uh, what's that? And you're like, oh, you mean the Van Dyne Conservatory? Yeah. What, what, what's weird about it? And they're like, well, it's a gigantic naked man holding a conservatory <laughs> over his head like he's Atlas. Yeah, I don't see the I problem. Couldn't, I couldn't get over it, because it is a st- when they show the wide shot of the observatory, you can see it compared to the other skyline buildings, and it is tall. It is up there. Well, it would have to be. You can't put a, a telescope in the middle of downtown Chicago yeah. and have it see right. shit. Also, it was just a tip. Don't put any telescope in a major city. Light pollution will mean you don't see dick all. It was 50 or 6... It's like 50, maybe 60 stories tall. Which oh, it's, that, it's absurd. And the observatory appears to be the only object at the top of this tower. Which means mm-hmm. that if there is a like a fifty foot man, like crouched with his arms uh, over extended over his head to hold the observatory in the sky, and if you look at it, you can kind of see a like stable connection that would lead you out of the observatory into the body, which means yes. I can, all, I can I, only I assume the <laughs> elevator is in his spine. The elevator like travels up horizontally like a Wonka Vader yeah, through the yeah, small yeah, intestine. No. Yeah, it goes <laughs> up through the ass. Through the ass, yeah. And I, through the spine. Hey, Sarah, I, could, you, could, you, could you hit the button for liver for me? I have to get off here and no. <laughs> speak to HR. Oh, no, I'm going to kidney. Are you heading to kidney? Yeah. yeah I, would, I will say this. If Chicago had that building, I would move there. I, I know. That would be a cool shit building. If it's someone incredible. could design that to exist in real life, like... Oh, you fuck, could, but like, why would you? And it's not, it's not, it's, it's not just that building. it could exist. Because at yes. one point... At one point... At the observatory, 
Mr. Freeze shows up in a tank, and I was like, how the fuck did he get up there? Because well, as far he, as no, he, he never shows up at the observatory in a tank. He does show up everywhere else in this tank. Uh, he he takes the elevator to the conservatory. He just walks in through the lobby. Well, he's actually up... really weird. He like and shows I up and walks told in. You, he has the freeze rocket. Yes. So he, no, he, that blows he has up. The technology that blows up. But he has the technology, which we'll get to in a minute because that's the first important point we need to make. But but when he exits that one that one heist where he steals the the big diamond from Poison Ivy, he leaves in his tank. Yes. Or from from whatever building that is. And he, 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 he ejects onto a highway that is conservatively on, at the 30th story level. Oh, yes. The highway <laughs> is easily, like, planes are almost clipping it. It's so high in the air. And, and al- it's along partially road, being held up yeah. by another naked man. <laughs> and along that road, it curves at almost a 90 degree angle at which there's only a thin railing <laughs> before you strike a statue and fall 40 stories <laughs> A statue well, you, which seems to be hollow, so I'm not sure why it's there. You say that Gotham is based on Chicago, yeah. which I don't know how I was unaware of. I, I can't believe it either. Now, I, I, I should say... I always thought it was New York City, get a and I knew that movies were filmed here in Chicago, but yeah, anyhow, sure. um, that's how Chicago highways are. We have Upper and Lower Wacker Drive. No, but that, that's how they are. They have the... They're elevated to a degree, like all high. And they're held up by naked men. But they're not 40 stories, and there's no naked men. There are naked men on them sometimes, but they are not supposed to be there. I I should say... That's how the highways are. I drive way more than you do. And Sarah, I should say, when I say that it's based on Chicago, when Batman was created, it was based on Chicago. So 1930 Chicago, which was super corrupt. That's why Gotham's so shitty. And Metropolis is supposed to be classy new york which also in the 1930s was pretty corrupt but that's supposed to be the difference oh, yeah. later they're actually only like 50 miles apart they yeah. like share a bay in the con- like later on in comics they kind of get moved around a lot but initially that's what they were supposed to be because they were afraid to use the actual names of the cities i think they thought I, they would get in trouble i forgot about that i forgot about uh superman metropolis but we yeah. were i never did watch we, uh, batman we, uh, versus superman or whatever no, that was a good move because we did and it was garbage we have a real problem which is that i can't stop talking about a million things and we haven't even started discussing the opening act of this film and yeah. it's this far in so what i'm gonna hide, i'm gonna fall back to something sarah just mentioned which is of course the ice ro- the the ice rocket which takes off yes i want to quickly i want to quickly discuss what mr freeze's criminal plan is a he according to his own words needs to collect diamonds mm-hmm. to focus a laser to make no. things extra cold makes sense, he yeah. he needs diamonds to power his suit initially that's what he actually wants the diamonds for but his freeze gun is powered by lots of big diamonds well, which focus he the just beam. needs diamonds in general to i don't and for some reason the diamond well, he, lasers they produce destroy the diamonds because he constantly needs more of them but he just pours them into a not not like no, a but trash he, can on his arm he makes those big fist size ones to put into that big gun and everyone knows that if you refract a laser through a diamond it's no longer hot it's a cold it laser cold as we all know all lasers can be hot or do cold you, do uh, you not know this this movie 
is fucking horny for lasers. It, yes. There's lasers. Ev- like at one point, and when this Barbara, movie's this movie's understanding of science is well, yes, we alarming at best. <laughs> but at one point, when Barbara first enters the Batcave, there are conservatively 100 yes. lasers. There's, there's no a laser. There's a laser Floyd light show going on down there. And they don't appear to be security-based lasers. Nope. They just... They just <laughs> which is Batman comes back and again. gets stoned. Which We're leads me to an important again. question. Why build a bunch of dramatic, neon-light, bat-shaped things in your cave, which yes. is secretive and only for you? What I loved is in the beginning scene, after Robin delivers his, his great line, I want a car, chicks dig the car, his little bat... His little... Uh, motorcycle comes up and it's in like this box and the box opens and oh you mean there's neon the neon neon coffin he gets out of yes and and it's like piping that makes the shape of a robin and in my mind i was like did batman would have had to like make that because like he can't go to a neon store as bruce wayne and be like i need you to make me a couple of red neon robins that i can attach to an opening uh, like a toaster oven that i can put a motorcycle in and no, I'm like, no. why is all of this here? Alfred made that, and that's why oh. he has cancer. Is Alfred that's... did Alfred also make the three miles of tunnel that lead out yes. of that? Campaign? Yeah, that's why he's exhausted and has cancer. <laughs> that led to him getting McGregor syndrome or whatever yes. it is. Yes, I believe that is well, what it's called. Uh, McGregor syndrome, which has four stages, but the first one Eon kills you. Was what? What did it? That was my favorite part <laughs> yeah. of the McGregor syndrome. There's four <laughs> stages. Freeze's wife has the last one, which we Jesus find out Christ, is terminal. What, what the fuck is stage four? <laughs> That's yeah. She looks fine. Alfred's near death at stage one. I don't understand what's going on. I guess like you want to get two or three. That's the money stage to be in. <laughs> well, yeah. no one knows that the stages after stage one last yeah. two days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stage, stage one, then three, four, five. What stage is reanimation? Because obviously <laughs> there's got to be some weird shit going on here. But okay, so Mr. Freeze has a plan. He needs to break into this museum and steal this giant, uh, giant uh, gem. We know this for because Vivica A. Fox. Yes. From, from, <laughs> for Vivica A. Fox. We'll get that in a minute. I, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to keep saying that. We're not going to get to it. Um, he, he he knows this, and we, the audience, know this because Batman enters his his Bat car to find the most direct homage i believe yes. to, to the 1960s uh television yes. show where like a little tv camp and it's just the, the police commissioner saying the line that i believe if i have correctly batman there's a new villain in town <laughs> he calls himself mr freeze <laughs> did he send like a press release to the police department i want you to picture a, a, like a lead detective coming into a briefing room being gentlemen we have a new villain in town. Okay, There's a new someone, serial killer someone in Someone get into the green screen room. We need to send Batman I've a I've already named conference. him. He's yet to commit a crime, but I've already named him. <laughs> okay, but... When, Mr. When, then when we're introduced to Mr. Freeze, it starts what is an hour and 40 minutes worth of ice puns there that I tried are... to keep track of. Do we do we have to name them all? Uh, we could just focus on the worst ones. Well, I I got to counting them, and I think I missed maybe three or four. I got twenty one that he uses, and that other people use. Now I, I'm sure I missed a few, so it's anywhere between like twenty and thirty, probably ice puns. That's too many fucking ice puns for an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you. I, I found a list of them somewhere. It's one every seven minutes, man. <laughs> Right? Is that right? 
140 minutes times 7 times 20 would be 140. Uh, yeah, I mean, the absolute worst ones. I mean, I mean, let me just run down a few of them. And you guys give me give me a rating of these. Okay. All right? Uh, I don't know what scale. But <laughs> I'm trying not to look just at give the me, screen. Cuz I'm I'm just going to run some of these down because we have one of the early ones, Ice to See You. Good mm-hmm. pun? No, bad terrible. pun. Terrible. Terrible? Okay. It's because it's uh, not an expression. Well, what's, what's, what's the scale? Okay, um, a pun should be clever. <laughs> and should not just be replacing a word with another word that sounds similar but doesn't make sense. We're going to scale of one to five. Uh, five being a joke that makes you quietly laugh. Because puns begrudgi- and begrudgingly laugh. E- even the best pun does not let you uproariously laugh. It is like a slight polite chuckle. So five. I'm trying is, to think of a good pun and I can't. F- five is a polite chuckle and okay. one is a very bad dad joke. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Those are that. That's that's the range. Right. So ice to see you. Where do you want to put that one? I mean, that's a pretty it's a pretty serious one. dad joke. Yeah. I would it's terrible. It two. The two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about you're not Old sending? Arnold, it's not his first language. Sure, sure. How about you're not sending me to the cooler? Cooler. All right, I'm, I'll say three for that one. <laughs> In what context, though? Be, he's being sent to prison, and cooler means like refrigerator. Yeah. Which, by the way, they put him in a literal refrigerator when he's in prison, which is phenomenal. Um, uh, two for me. <clears throat> I didn't rate it before. Uh, uh, let's kick some ice. One. Four. That one's that one's that one's borderline illegal. Like I, that one makes me not, upset. That, that's like an that's example a of a bad pun. Me. But that's the expression is me. let's kick some ass. Ass and ice don't rhyme or are even close to the same thing. You can't. That's just being like have. I, I can't even think of another shitty one. That one's so bad. Uh. Well, I think. How about how about just my? I think possibly my favorite one. Cool party. They just says that. Yeah, no, there's, that's, there's, that's a zero. there's a he lot just, of them where he just says, like, cool or it's cold. He just there says... Was, there was okay. one later that is I have an terrible. important one because... I, Sarah, I see some very long ones. I have an important those? one because Sarah commented on this one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this one. Uh, if revenge is a dish best yes. served cold, then put on your Sunday finest. Yeah, I, I wrote that down because I was like, the expression <laughs> is not... a. That's not an expression. It's just revenge is a dish best served cold. Is the original statement revenge is the best dish served cold in church? I, yeah. I don't know. Like, it doesn't say like it's a feast either. It's not like it's like, oh, a sit down dinner. So wear your best I, clothing. I'm going to read it as a one. But when I first heard it, I was very confused. But now, now that you've said it again, uh-huh. and I... In a past life, I dated a very religious person, and their family was very religious. I and they, think maybe they would it say... might be like relating to the fact that on Sunday you don't cook because maybe no, some, no, no, the expression... some people don't work, and then sometimes you might not no, you might cook something in advance. I don't know. The expression put I'm on. I'm not your saying Sunday, it makes any sense. Well, but. but the expression "your Sunday best" refers to the fact that it was a reference to people who were poor who only had nice clothes that they would wear to church. They didn't own any other nice clothes. Yeah, so when you would go to a nice event, like a, you would say, like "Put going, on your Sunday it's clothes." Going to church and then coming home and uh, eating fair. like chicken salad. But let me ask this question then: Is is the conceit that when you are serving your vengeance to whoever deserves it, that they're 
literally having a meal with you and they dress up for it i don't know i feel like this might be arnold like kind of like making up his own shit i don't know no i feel like that was written because a lot of the lines in this movie are pretty fucking terrible well well let's let's try this one on for size uh allow me to break the ice my name is freeze learn it well for it's the chilling sound of your doom yeah i like that because he crammed so many references to cold into one line (laughs) Uh, and I'll end with my another one that's uh, a little head scratcher. Negative five. In the universe, there's only one absolute. Everything freezes. That's yes. not accurate. <laughs> the, the, and, and my brother, while we were watching it, but he was I like, mean, "Wait, what? No, the line should everything be everything will freeze." But his his point was, he said, "There's only one absolute in the universe: zero, which is absolute zero, which is the temperature at which everything freezes." So that would have that would have made more sense. You're, He's like you're, the, he, he started it and then was like, ah, fuck it. Your brother, I think, needs to needs to have written for this movie. My thought he loves also puns, was and he hated that all of these. Eventually, everything is going to sub like the world, like the death. everything's expanding. The heat death of the universe. Since, yeah, the heat from the universe is expanding right now. Eventually, everything will come back. I can help you out here, Sarah, because do you know what killed the dinosaurs? The ice age. Not true. It was a con. Also not accurate. Yeah, I said that. I said that at the time. Also, lots of dinosaurs just went extinct before that. You know, they didn't all live at the same time. <laughs> Speaking of dinosaurs in that scene. Oh, yeah, let's talk about uh, that. Mr. Freeze is robbing a museum. Now, this museum, the room that has this gigantic, like, hope diamond, gigantic diamond in it, has a Mayan temple, a pharaoh's head like King Tut's, a gigantic dinosaur and like what appears to be a couple of like animals that have been taxidermied the fuck exhibit is in this main hall <laughs> it's just like like well we got all this extra stuff what do you want to do with it i don't know put it in the diamond room sarah would you would you rate this museum setup as someone who studied the uh the craft i would rate this as probably uh, am i what's the scale no, we don't have time for another scale. Anyhow, uh, a fuck no. Okay, a fuck no. Especially if we're in quote-unquote Chicago. Uh, this is like some dumbass's rich party, which you can actually, in Chicago and other places, you can rent out exhibits from museums well, to have at your fancy parties. I have an answer to that question, because I think this is a children's museum. Because there is no Why other Why would they reason... have a $40 million diamond there? <laughs> I don't think there's any other reason to have... A fake dinosaur of that size, because that is not a reconstruction of 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 like fake accurate. skin over bones, because it is disintegrated by freeze ray later on, which proves to be empty and like made yeah. of paper. You're talking shit. about the dinosaur that had skin on it. The massive dinosaur in the room. Yeah. That's a fake dinosaur. It's a completely fake dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's accomplishing. It's but so the whole room doesn't isn't accomplishing anything. There's but like I, a Mayan temple and a, an Egyptian tomb in the same room. I, it's like they were just like, what's a uh, museumy shit? Put in it all my in heart, here. I like to think that Wayne Manor has hired out all these exhibits in one of their giant, stupid like areas, and this is not a real museum. Well, we do know from Batman '89, he has a bunch of weird old uh, armor he has suits. So much money. I'll so. tell you what I couldn't get out of my head though at the beginning of this scene is the Fred Flintstone moment that we witnessed. Yep, because. Batman rides the spine and then tail of his dinosaur like a half pipe. And I could not stop thinking. I just wanted him to land 
in a foot pedal car with a big a big piece of dinosaur ribs because that's all I saw coming at the end of it. But what? instead, he lands in this room, and then shortly after, Mister Freeze uh, begins to well freeze the room, and Batman and Robin suddenly go, "Oh yes, a little heel click, and we've got skates on," which yes. I'm skates which couldn't possibly fit in their shoes. No, but also why? Because they. Did you not see was it, Commissioner w- Gordon explain to them that this guy calls himself Mr. Freeze? Batman is prepared, Ben. Do you think do you think it was perhaps because they fought the penguin who also had a cold theme going on? And yeah. They yeah. <laughs> I think they just Well what you didn't know is this is actually just their separate. back sock. Um but the but, other thing But I, he also oh. delivers the best line before he comes down the dinosaur. Hi, which I'm Batman. He he lands and says, Hi Freeze, I'm Batman. As if, like, he's meeting a person at a party. Really, really showing up for this. For this this, this is my friend Keith. Oh, hi, Keith. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> it's, it could not be a less, like, impressive or superhero or menacing way to introduce yourself. Just like, hey, how's it going? Well, I also want to bring up another topic while we're in this room, which is, what the fuck is going on with Mr. Freeze's gang? I have, I have, I, I have a, a number of questions. One... Why would you work for him? It looks very I, I, bad. Yes, yes. <laughs> he he makes you sit in a freezer, which seems unreasonable, and then makes you watch on repeat. Apparently, the Rankin and Bass special uh, with Mister Freeze Miser, which see, isn't even like the best Rankin Bass. Like if you're gonna make him watch something, at least let him watch um, Rudolph. I mean, I like that part. <laughs> that part to me was <laughs> yeah. He's dancing around and, to it. And he's wearing those big shoes. He's like, sing more! It's like, I, is this guy supposed to be like a, a celebrated doctor who's trying to cure a disease and this is what he's doing with his downtime? It's really confusing because they go with the origin that he is trying to save his wife, which is sort of the Batman animated series concept, right? I think it was illustrated there first. I, I, I think the, I think, no, I think the cartoon, yeah, I think kind of created the idea that he, I think, the, I don't remember his original origin in the comics. I don't think he has, like, an altruistic reason why he becomes Mr. Freeze. Like, I think he's just in a chemical explosion like everybody was back then. But the animated series turns him into, like, uh, you know, an identifiable villain. Because you're like, oh, I feel bad for him. He's trying to do something to save his wife. Well, I feel like a lot of villains, he started out with an altruistic reason. He had, he wanted to save his wife. But he lost himself along the way. Like, mm-hmm. he became addicted to cold and diamonds. And now he wants well, to as, have as, his as lackeys have. Yeah. sing along to him with, I'm Mr. Cold. I don't know the rest. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but uh, the thing that is insane, too, is what is he paying them? Because the only thing they stole was that diamond and he put it inside of a gun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he, I don't know why anyone's there. I also don't know And why. they're eating frozen TV dinners. I don't know why they all both have an Eskimo theme and a hockey theme, because they no, are wearing they're cold. They're wearing hockey pads. Canada and Canada. And they have like Eskimo kind of clothing accessories. Mm-hmm. They also have, as far as I can tell, uh, pairs of fake pairs of fake dreadlocks dangling out of the back of their helmets. That one I can't track. Well, I it's mean, not, that's it's not obviously real clear. The first caper that Mister Freeze ever did was he broke into a place that stores hair extensions he just wanted to test out the freeze gun and then they left and they had all these boxes of hair extension dreads and they're like what are we supposed to do with these you know there's not like probably a great resale market for stolen hair extensions i think the bigger question is 
Why was his plan to launch himself into space in a rocket instead of just driving away in the car he came in? Yeah, all, all he did was show up in a museum. He defeated the questionably 30 security officers that were stationed there yes. at, what, at, in the middle of the night, which is bizarre. And they all, at one point you can see, one of them, deaf, at least one of them, pro- I would assume all of them, but one of them visibly has a gun holstered on his hip. Yeah, he charges Mr. Freeze with his nightstick, which leads me to two questions. One, why not use the gun? Two, how much are you being paid that you're willing to charge this, this supervillain in a power suit with the nightstick? Well, again... I, I appreciate the dedication to the job of a security guard at a museum, seeing that guy walk in and not just be like, fuck it. Yeah, I would never, if I was in that museum and I saw this happening, I would start taking notes on my phone and I would just like meld into the background. Yeah, because <laughs> you but, just start whistling and swinging your baton, going to the other wing. You're going to go look at the wing that has the shark yeah. car- uh, carcass, uh, the the Russian nesting dolls, and the Declaration yeah. of Independence. Yeah. I'm not a fucking cop. I just work for the museum. Yeah, I, I, if I came in that room and they, we all rushed in and it was like, come on, charge him with your nightsticks. I'm like, dude, I don't even have dental. There's no <laughs> way. There's no way I'm charging Mr. Freeze. We live and- in a town with a man who dresses as a bat. Let him take care of it. I'm not going to fight these reggae skaters. I feel yes. like it's really un- uncool what they're doing because they are all white. Every single one of them. Except for one character who's played by Vivica A. Fox. Who, does who not appears <laughs> and is out of the movie so fast now, Post. that I feel like she has a great agent. Like, she showed up for one day, filmed, and was like, get me the fuck off of this movie. <laughs> uh, Vivica A. Fox plays a single scene uh, as a character. Now, now, um, are you familiar with what her name is? No, because I don't think they said it, did they? They do not, but in credits, she is listed as Mrs. B. Haven. As in... Misbehaven. Oh, I mean, it's... Now, see, like, all of this, to me, has to be holdovers from 66. That's a great drag name or a great, like... It is a great drag name. (laughs) One or the other. But the thing that gets me is, like, all of this feels like it was all old homages to that TV show. Because, like, in the TV show, Joker always had a girlfriend who was just, like, a random girl. It's like, nobody would date an insane man dressed as a clown who keeps trying to murder people. I mean, I guess somebody would. But it seems unlikely he would quit running into, like, go-go dancers that were willing to date him. I mean, that's why he always has a different girlfriend. But anyhow, True. let's go back but, to Vivica. Yeah, but she's there and then never well, appears again because she gets rebuked because he's like, nah, I'm not into you. And she's just like, I'm out. And I also said rebuked wrong. <laughs> when did Independence Day come out? That's, uh... 94, maybe? Ni- 96. I'm terrible oh, at this, guys. 96. So, uh, the, a year before this film. Oh, why? Why, Vivica? Why? The, it's a question I ask myself every night. But uh, what? Kill Bill. Uh, she was she was good in that. I mean, Kill Bill was far later in the two thousands. Yeah. But but yes, was she was less good, wasn't she, in the Sharknado movies? I mean, that's entirely possible. So I'm just saying, maybe she hasn't always made great choices, <laughs> and perhaps uh, this was the start. But look, we need to get we need to keep moving, and unfortunately, that means I, I, I well, I guess it means we probably can't talk too much about the the absurdity that Mister Freeze. Fails to encase Batman in ice, even though we know his gun has the capacity to do it. He instead gives him ice handcuffs. Uh, and he sure- also he also freezes Robin, and then while Batman's worried about him, just leaves. Just leaves. All done. They also we- surf 
surf on lids from the, the spaceship. Oh my god! Yeah, through the sky. Sur- I mean, so I this feel, movie I... just keeps trying to get more insane as it goes. I feel like you're both trying to rush us to the end, but we have not talked about Poison Ivy. At oh, no, all. that's next. Yeah, we're just trying to get out of it. We are introduced after the Mr. Freeze debacle, oh, which is oh shit. a disaster, is Poison Ivy, which was my next point I needed to get to. Because oh, can, can we, so yeah. we're, we're still in the first 30 minutes of the movie. We're still in the first five minutes. Oh, just, my God. His butt is just so Why did we luscious. spend so much time talking about that? Real quick, though. How great would it have been if when he pulled up his butt, it just said juicy on it? Anyways, we, we go Please. to... Or what if South what if America? Saw, what if what if you yeah. see Batman turn around and pull that, that that vinyl suit over his ass, then Robin, and then we cut to Alfred just pulling on his like butler pants? Like, why didn't we have that cut? Give me the Alfred butt cut. Anyway, oh I'm yeah, sorry. you know that bony butt's got action. I'm sorry. Anyways, we're in South America at what I appears to be what. A, a, a mad scientist we work. Where multiple mad scientists work adjacent yes. from each other, but not with each other. No, just also me. Pamela Isley appears to not know that Bruce Wayne or Wayne Enterprises was funding their research until after she goes insane. Although she appears to be real insane to start, she sneaks into what was it? what was her doctor, the guy she worked with. Uh, ah, fuck it. There's no time. Yeah. She walks in to him. He dies immediately. Who cares? Who? It, well, I'm pretty sure is the actor who was Lex Luthor's dad in Smallville. He's like been in a lot of stuff. He is a cartoon version of like the Doctor Frankenstein from like a 30s movie. He comes out and do you know what he says to the people who are there? He says, "I'd like to welcome you, the Unknighted Nations." Huh. And then we get a shot of, I don't know if you guys remember the opening to Naked Gun 2, but it's like every offensive cartoon version of people from yep. other countries. Yep. <laughs> There's yep. like yep. A, yep. a vaguely Castro looking guy, a guy who looks a lot like Saddam Hussein, a guy who's just wearing like a turban, which I guess makes him bad. It's really offensive and they're just standing on a catwalk and then he has a mystery bidder on the phone. Like it's... A fucking auction, and then he shoots up this whiny guy with a drug. I, oh, I could the, not figure the, out. I the could... war boy? You mean he shoots yes. up the war boy and makes him into Bane? Yes, Bane, like, who is a, about a, as a understandable. As... Bane, somehow? The, well, that, I will say this. He looks like Bane. That's what Bane looks like in the comics. He wears a luchador mask because he's from South America. He actually wears the mask specifically. He was supposed to wear it because it made him look like a luchador. It's well, it's kind of touche. it's kind of crazy because it still looks real dumb. <laughs> a lot of times, the the characters in comic book movie, movie adaptations, especially in the '90s, have a really complex backstory from their comics, and then the movie's like, "Boy, we don't have time for that, so we'll just just introduce we'll it. We'll just make them super. Ba- we'll make them a one sentence origin story and just move on." This was the opposite because the original Bane has a pretty dramatic origin story kind of one reflects more of what's in the nolan movies where he was like born in some prison for life and he fights his way out well, and becomes the ultimate no. warrior what, what, what happens is in the his original origin is his mother is like a serial killer or she works for like a gang and she's such a violent criminal she's pregnant when she's arrested she gets a life and because she was such a terrible criminal her unborn child gets that's life. right and so he is raised in a prison and becomes like this 
all like super violent criminal and he murders all these people in prison and then they're doing this project where they're giving people this thing called venom to see if they can turn him into like strong men and he vol- he gets volunteered because he's a, he's a a lifer and then he becomes bane and he breaks out and kills a bunch of people but what i'm saying is that he becomes obsessed with batman and i can't remember why is that his his backstory is very is very interesting and in this one it, it's a complete dismantle they, they get it so quick they're like here comes a serial killer and when you see him you're like who could this guy serial kill? He, he weighs like four and a half pounds. Like anybody could just knock him over. Yeah. He looks like a, a little, a little, a little and god- he's, goblin. He's turned into what I would call the worst Halloween costume ever. Like I have never seen Oof. body paint that poorly done on like a normal person just trying to do body paint to like go to a frat party. It is terrible. Because for the rest of the film, Bane is played by possibly my favorite actor name jeep swenson that's, that's a right. pretty great name that's right jeep if you if you heard me say jeep like the car i did it's jeep swenson ultimately played Spelled the same uh ultimately played a, a ww uh wwf wwe wrestler named uh the ultimate solution uh, <laughs> oh, no but weird choice is jeep. his name spelled jeep like j-e-e-p j-e-e-p yes okay. As in, like, Ooh, I feel like he would be sued for that. As in, like, it's a Jeep thing. You know what I mean? You wouldn't get it. Ugh, uh, ugh. But <laughs> I say ugh again. Bane is introduced, who is going to talk exclusively in, like, single-syllable sentences, which makes his character uh, extremely boring for the rest of the does movie. I have to say, say this, any though. Words? I mean, barely. He just goes, Ugh. No, he, he, does, he just repeats, like, the last word he heard. But I will say oh. he's about as understandable as Tom Hardy. <laughs> you know yeah like you fair. get you get about the same uh the my favorite part about the bane poison ivy storyline is when they show up in town he's talking to i think he's talking to the commissioner anyways he's given a photo of these two people who showed up at gotham airport and it's the worst fucking photoshop photo I, you've ever seen of your it's life phenomenal of her and they're dressed like Humphrey Bogart and uh, I can't think of the lady's name from Casablanca. They're dressed like that, but Bane is still wearing the mask and just has a fedora. Yeah, it's <laughs> and a great it's, cover. They, they couldn't even drive them somewhere and put them in front of a plane. <laughs> they they photoshopped the entire thing together and it looks so bad. And they were like, "We think." I'm like, nobody saw them at the airport. It was like, "That's <laughs> fucked up, man." Who's that? Who's that gigantic? luchador wearing wearing a what is what you could buy at a costume shop as just like disguise like it's just default disguise well ben it's 1997 very few people knew what a luchador was so. fair you got me just saying except for i don't know everyone south in the southern south america but i mean like even if you didn't say that you'd be like huh look that guy has a gigantic tube full of like cartoon ooze attached <laughs> to the back of his head don't say ooze. We just covered oh, ooze last episode. Oh, no. And that movie should have prepared a, people in Gotham to know that ooze is bad. Um, but we, we witnessed the birth of Poison Ivy in this sequence when the doctor uh, 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 attempts to kill Dr. her. Doctor I Oh, I don't know that guy's name, but Dr. Yeah, Isley was... I don't know what his name was. Also, it was Ingrid Bergman. I had to look it up. Uh, I feel bad. I didn't remember. But but he, he, he attempts... To kill her by by pushing her. Well, he over. attempts to kiss her first. He attempts to kiss her, uh, gross, and, and then attempts to kill her um, by by pushing her over a table full of her own chemicals and then 
those chemicals all apparently were all acid because they all break open and melt her into the earth, which is which cracked me up because as she's like sinking into the earth, it she, wasn't her chemicals though. We were in her lab when she died. Oh. Yeah, okay, um, she was Sorry. she was wrapped in what could only be described as dollar store ivy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... her scent looks like they showed up and they were like, "Hey, she's supposed to be a plant doctor," and they were yeah. like, "What?" We thought she was a bone doctor, and they were like, "We have no time. Just go to like a Hobby Lobby and buy that fake ivy shit. We'll just tape it to the walls." I went to a quote unquote dead people party once and dressed up as Amelia Earhart mm-hmm. and had like ivy and like like other plants and stuff. Like, you know. R.I.P. Amelia. Um, I looked way better than she did. Right, because we see her yeah. when she reemerges, which is the stupidest costume in the movie, full stop. It's her, like, weird midriff scientist shirt and, like, the bad cheap ivy and, like, and like the weird dye job. It is bizarre as all get out. And she's now adopted a New York Brooklyn accent. And she's also adopted it from, like, a Betty Boop short. Like Do she's we like, know why not? You know what I mean? Like, was before this. Uh, well, I, the I the real that. character's origin story sets her in Seattle. I feel like they're in South America. She, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, that's yes. That's where they are in this fictional in in the in fictional yeah. world. They are in a weird castle, which has been turned into a shared co-op space for mad scientists. I guess what? where she is working. Uh, but I, I had to like Google around because I was like. How bad was the original Poison Ivy costume, like, right off the gate? And guess what? The answer? Not great. Um, because <laughs> I read a great line from some of the original uh, people, uh, the creators of the Poison Ivy character, who said something to the effect of, uh, this was the height of the 60s, this was in the 60s, the height of the feminism movement, so we thought Batman needed another female villain. For sure, Because for sure. Catwoman had become more of an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. Very cool statement. So we based this one on Betty Page. And I was like, guys, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I don't know well, if, like, I, yep, I, yep. I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I think at the time, though, wasn't she sort totally of, like, good. she is a feminist icon, but you could tell that these, <laughs> the men that yeah, made her yeah. weren't, like, they weren't like, oh, well, we got to find a list of feminist icons and choose one. Well, but I mean, let's go with, not... let's, let's go with the swimsuit, you know, uh, let's go with the model. I mean, yeah, um, but at least it's of less... the models available. She was probably the least, for sure. I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not throwing shade at Betty Page or anything. one. I'm just but saying. Still, they could have mauled her after. I don't think you're nailing your premise, guys, with that choice. Well, I will say this: in later, especially like now, a lot of times she is depicted as being completely naked. Yeah, she's and become. She just has some ivy that covers her nipples and genitalia. She's become like it. a goddess of sorts. So they they've kind of drifted towards like you know being more like Doctor Manhattan, you know, where she's like so so advanced and that's and fine. cosmic that she doesn't need clothes. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be she won't wear clothes because they're made from plants. Or sure, something. and in this one, she's just more wearing like a plant bikini is more just sort of her vibe, at least for yeah. part of it. But they, she but has some. Then she just appears in some of the weirdest outfits you'll see, yeah. and so, weird hairstyles. Phenomenal hairstyles. Oh, the best! Like she had so many like Queen Elizabeth the first real Madonna stuff going yes. on with her. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, she looked like a I say Queen dancer. Elizabeth the first. You say Madonna. Same thing. Is there any difference? <laughs> no, probably not. They're both but royalty. Any, anyhow, um, I loved this movie when I was a kid. And I think, like, I liked anything that had someone who had 
who was depicted as having red hair. Didn't take a lot then, huh? No, didn't take a lot. Um, which, like, now, like, ugh. Um, and I think that's why I like this movie. Like, I just really, like, connected with Poison Ivy and I wanted to, like, like her and stuff. But now I'm just like, ugh, gross. Like, why? I don't know. That's all. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some moments. Uh, real quick, I'd like to get your opinion. Uh, after Batman and Robin meet Poison Ivy at the, uh, let's just say it, untasteful, uh, Oof. jungle-themed, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, let's just say shouldn't have had it, uh, they meet at some sort of auction where they're auctioning off women for rich old white guys, which also seemed creepy yeah. as fuck. really bizarre. Uh, but after they leave and they both kind of had a crush on her, they, he's like, oh, I'm over or whatever. Batman says she had great stems, though. And Robin says, and nice buds. Ew. Yeah, I think you had gotten up to get a refresh. Uh, you missed those great those great lines. Could that have been a worse and creepier fucking line? I, I, I was it was like, weird. Oh. No. What else struck me as weird about it was... As adults, we all know what that means. But sure. But as, like, a child, well, the we other, don't know. The other reason that struck me as odd, other than the fact it was uh, textbook gross, was the fact that uh, the only other time I could think, having ever heard anyone actually use the word stems as a reference to a woman's legs was actually in the movie clueless uh spoken to mm. spoken to alicia silverstone who by the way who appears was... shortly after this scene who was the oh, never mind. sorry who, who delivered the line uh, yeah. whatever the whoever the the preppy handsome guy was in that movie i don't remember any of the characters i feel like name. he was a famous per- like, um sorry but but uh, we are after after another sequence uh, where we're at a gala. For the love of God, if you live in there's Gotham, there's three separate galas, and this is the gala. Stop going this, to galas. This was the <laughs> one that I loved. Galas. Uh, they were gonna. I think they were gonna auction off these diamonds. I I wasn't exactly sure why this diamond necklace was there, but the thing I loved most about it was this gala where they gathered a bunch of people in an enclosed space with a diamond was set up to trap Mr. Freeze. Batman yeah. and Robin's plan was to put they several hundred people into peril. Why couldn't you have just said there was a fancy diamond in a vault somewhere and then just watched the vault? Like, po- poison I- Ivy <laughs> literally uses poison and Dr. Freeze freezes people and they already established that the freezing is is lethal after like you have 10 minutes. minutes. Or, yeah, or you're dead. Not cool. Plus, he drives. Yeah, I could not believe that was their plan. He drives a spike tank, and he appears to just take it into the building every time he comes to a gala. So, I I mean, there was no preparation done, which is like I know these movies are meant to be goofball, wackadoo, sixties, you know, Batman uh, shows, but at least, at least have the characters apply some, I don't know, some effort, some logic, something, because that's fun to watch. Right? It was just weird that like their plan was let's set up a way to endanger a lot of people to catch a crazy. What man. I'm saying is that their plan is also as kooky as Mr. Freeze coming in in a, a in an ice tank and and saying ice to see you. That's fine if they have a kooky plan 
where they're going to trap them in like a giant microwave so they can heat them up. That's fucking fine. I accept that. But I just need a plan. So your your problem is they take a premise that is meant for children and then apply adult rules to that premise. Not at all. No, I'm saying is that the characters don't even no. have a goofball premise. They have zero ideas of how to handle any sequence. They just and show up. And the other thing is, is this is all after the animated series has premiered, which was popular among kids. I was a kid when that show came on, and I loved it. Uh, I thought it was one of the best shows. And in that show, Batman is very clever, and he does all sorts of clever things. That's plans. what I'm saying. And there's, and there's very deep storylines about Mr. Freeze and his wife, the one about Clayface. They create like all this nuance in storytelling for kids, but kids watched it, liked it, and understood what was going on. This movie's like, everybody's a fucking idiot. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. This, this movie is a fucking spectacle to watch. It was... It was oh, yeah. I, while it felt long, I also couldn't stop looking at it because it was so bizarre and bright and loud. But the two things that bothered me the most about it was one, the thing I said earlier, which is that there's 100 subplots happening in tandem. So much so that when we go back to meet Barbara Gordon uh, when she goes to the street race, I'm like, or Barbara Wilson... I was like, oh shit, I fucking forgot <laughs> that she was even in this movie because there was so much going on. But the other is that no character, hero or villain, enacts any kind of tangible plan. They just sort of improvise, it seems, in every moment they're on screen together, which I found to be kind of one note, which, which drove me kind of crazy about this movie. There's never a moment of clever decision-making from any character ever, start to finish. Yeah, that's the entirety of the movie. No one ever makes any decisions. The, so, I think and, the, the plot of the movie is, uh, we don't have time for that. Here's a scene where Batman pulls out a credit card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great way to get out of that sequence. Well, at the very end, like we're, try we're told to think that Robin is betraying Batman and he's going to go fuck like... Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. Um, and then in the end, we find out that obviously he was working with Batman. Like, he's an unreliable character. Is that what we find out? Is, yeah. He wears, the whole thing was a setup. He wears the yeah. wax lip thing. It was a setup. Was he working with Batman? Which yeah. I, I don't think was at all a reveal. Like, when he does, he's like, haha, we're they, working yeah. together. It's like, no shit, the scene right before this, he says, you gotta trust me. And yeah. you basically stand there and are like, okay. They don't show the fact that they're trying to work together, which is, like, very confusing. And so it's, like, trying to do an unreliable character alongside, like, Right, but they could have done reveal. it in a way where you, you genuinely did think that Robin had defected yeah. to go try. Yes, and which would have been more interesting. But they're, to they're me, not just like, that. Yeah, yeah it's just it's, like, hey, you gotta trust me. So frustrating. Right. But we, we have to talk about Barbara Wilson uh, just for a moment, because we we have this is this is her challenging. Name is Wilson, Barbara Wilson is her name. Why isn't her last name Pennyworth? It's, I don't it's know. So... Oh, I guess because his his sister remarried. Well, I, I guess because yeah. How could you give up the name Pennyworth? I would never give Let, that last let's, name. Let's let's real quick talk about yeah, so uh, there's Barbara and Alfred, Wilfred and Margaret. Okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> Sarah and I could not get over the fact that that Alfred's brother mm -hmm. is named. Wilfred? Yeah. Wilfred. That was the part you couldn't get over. Not that he's the first butler to the Maharaja who travels around India on an elephant as yep. a king. That that was that, Wilfred was what hung you up, huh? 
that plays right into our theory. <laughs> no, because because the the theory we have is based on everything that Nintendo has taught me. That if you have a version, if you have a brother whose name is oh, just the, name begins with the W, the W version of your name, that's the evil you. It's Alfred oh, no. and Wilfred. Wah! He wants he he should have shown up at the end to steal all of I Alfred's coins. Wow, I'm Wilfred. That's what the next Batman movie would I have know. been about. But Joel could have given uh, the, the Wilfred villain, which is just. Which is just the same actor doing a furrowed brow and wearing like, a yellow suit. I'm very angry right I'm Wilfred. <laughs> Let's street race. Um, speaking of street racing, Barbara Wilson shows up at the door. Unannounced. Mm-hmm. I think even to Alfred unannounced. Also, Barbara... Yes. Uh, they could have said Gordon. Uh, she shows they up. they couldn't have. Immediately, Ugh. immediately Robin's like, I hope you're here to see me. Gross. Uh... And starts There's hitting on so her instantly. Innuendo. And like, as far as I can tell, she is wearing a, a high school uniform, yeah, school uniform from Oxbridge. But we, but she later identifies Oxbridge as a college. Mm-hmm. So which which is it? Um, well, it's. I a, don't know if you know this about so, English schools. They real weird. Fair enough. So Fine. if you go to Ox, Oxford or Cambridge, you do wear a uniform, but you usually wear a cape. Depending, mm-hmm. that's sorry. So Harry it's, Potter, yeah. the Harry Potter, yeah, all the shit that like, seems insane in Harry Potter is real, just yeah, normal yeah. British yeah. school. But the uh, the undergraduate capes are much shorter. There's like kind of like a a long like how insulting vest that you wear. It's it's basically. it's like the Batgirl cape. You know, it only comes yeah. to like mid butt. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. but but we're into to Barbara Wilson and Batman arrives at the or Bruce Wayne arrives at the door and it's like oh hi. You're my butler's niece, I guess. Yes. Now, now, when they open the door, she is at a, a millionaire's mansion. Like Bruce Wayne is basically like Jeff Bezos. Like yeah. he's like super fuck, like a billionaire, whatever. He's super rich. She has gotten onto his property somehow, which seems unlikely. And she is standing on like a pot, looking to see if they have a key above the door frame that would let her <laughs> open the door. So her plan is, I'll ring the doorbell, nobody answers. Let me see if there's a key up here and I can just break in. Yeah. I, I, Why? I guess, Why is that the thing? I guess to... I don't understand that scene. I guess to visit her butler uncle, who she now plans to live with. Like, everything about this well, spells... Well, she plans to take away from this life, which she thinks he doesn't like, based on what appears to be no communication whatsoever. And the entire thing plays as if she's trying to... Like, if I didn't know this was Batgirl... I, and she wasn't on the poster. My gut reaction was like, "Who is this grifter? Who is yeah, who is?" This? When they open the door and she's looking for the key, I'm like, oh, "I don't remember Batgirl being a criminal in this." Yeah, she seems like she's trying to pull one over by like pretending to be family to Alfred so she can infiltrate the mansion. That's the vibe that she sets up immediately because there is nothing tangible about her character setup. And then we're introduced to the fact that she's into motorcycles, which reveals to be later that that she is, is she does street racing. As a form of to make extra grief. money, so that she can win enough money to take Alfred away from a life of being a butler, despite the fact it seems to be the only profession the Pennyworths are allowed to have. Uh, now, quick question: yeah. um, as, a, as a as a student at Oxbridge, how much illegal street racing is taking place? Yeah, I, I imagine in Oxbridge it was mostly people on bikes. <laughs> People on not motorcycles, just regular pedal bikes. Uh, no, on, on the penny farthing, you know, the one with the big wheel. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's used to. 
Um, because I can't figure out where she... Because when she comes here to Gotham, we see her racing the craziest neon mohawk oh, street yes. gang. Which, again... This is the start so, of somebody figured out that you can buy paint that lights up <laughs> under black so lights. so Like the production. Did. Oh, my God. He eventually is just like, fuck it, everything. At one point, Poison Ivy meets that gang, which is head to toe. Oh, Stuff being covered in black lights. So like, cool. Oh, you, the black lights would tell you you don't want to live in this place. There, it was a Turkish <laughs> bathhouse. I don't need to draw a picture, guys. Uh, but, but if I did, it would look like a uh, Jackson Pollock. Um, but let's let's because uh, jumping ahead, uh, Alicia uh, 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 Alicia takes a bet from Coolio, who has a cameo in this. You guys uh, remember Coolio, right? <laughs> She pops into, uh, she pops into the movie to be introduced as a confusing character with mm-hmm. um, with unidentified purpose. She then uh, uh, is 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 forgotten about for most of the movie. She's reintroduced mm-hmm. for an unnecessary chase sequence. Then she's forgotten about again until she suddenly finds the Batcave uh, because of the disc that Alfred gave Can her. Can we talk real quick? Alfred, the pa- that's in charge of Batman. Yes. The greatest secret, probably like like on the level of like who shot Kennedy, like who is Batman? Alfred is in charge of this. He makes a disc that he needs Alicia Silverstone, Barbara, to give to his brother, Wafred, and uh, at the Maharajas. I mean, he and doesn't. He doesn't want Wafred to get it. No, no, he does. He's making he, it for. He's supposed to. He's making it for evil, he, evil I, Alfred. I'm fucking. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. So he. She takes it and puts it in, and it's password protected. It's encrypted, man. It's going to be a tough password. It's got to be tough, right? So she tries such great passwords as... Alfred's first name. Pennyworth. (laughs) Then, no, no. England. Wayne. No, Wayne was the second one. As in her boss's last (laughs) name. And then Um, England, the country we think he came from. Yeah. Then she tries Margaret. Also, yep. I like that he didn't create like a you can only guess so many times on his. She guesses more. I, my, you know, an iPhone fucking locks faster. Than the this bottom size. of the screen is counting her is counting her guesses. Yet for some reason, does not have a limit. I would just say, Pogues, that she also guessed Peg because the mother's like photo said love Peg. You know, short for yes. Margaret. I, yeah. I also love <laughs> what the fuck? Things. Why is That's Peg actually short for true. Margaret? That's very confusing. I'm sorry. That's I'll one of the dumb names for later. Margaret is Peg. I do. I know that my grandmother's name is Margaret, and they call her. But here's the thing that gets me. Here's the thing that gets me about this. One, she's come to take Alfred away from the Waynes. She doesn't know that he calls her mother Peg. Does she? Has she ever met this guy? Yeah. (laughs) Like you've never noticed that he never called your mother by her first name. He always called her Peg. Two. Usually, if your brother calls you Peg, most everybody calls you Peg. Three. This motherfucker made his password three letters? And he, even if they didn't know the password, an encryption thing would take like two hours to just try every letter combination. When that was it. revealed... And then it's... Yeah. When that was re- when that was revealed, Sarah just yelled out, at least make the E in peg a three. Yes. <laughs> this motherfucker... Like, he should have just made his password like, love. It would have been as secure. Less... It should just be P... 
three G dollar sign. Yeah, nine. Yes, dollar sign ampersand. <laughs> and then like SQW. But what I really love uh, is that she, is that Barbara gets down to the Batcave. She immediately accepts this truth. She's not even like surprised. It seems. By well, what I love too is when she types it in. Uh, instead of unlocking it and it being a video of Alfred explaining what's going on, it's just a series of blueprints of all of Batman's vehicles and then the two Batman logo and Robin's logo from the cover showing on the screen. And she's like, oh, they must be Batman. How the fuck well, do you figure that out? Well, we don't know what she's studying in Oxbridge. Oh, she's a computer specialist, she re- she says. She, which I'm she, not sure if that's a degree at Oxford. She, she reorchestrates satellites at the end of the movie. So apparently it's got to yeah. be computers because she got this far. She does She does say she's in the computer program. That's what she refers to it as. Not computer science. But, but I'm I, in the computers program. I have a question. When computers started to become a thing in the 90s, mm-hmm. who established that when whenever you record yourself on a computer... You have to have that weird robot stutter like Max Headroom because Alfred okay, has a message that, for Barbara. He's like, but Barbara, it's good to can, see you. Can we you. pause real quick? <laughs> yeah. I need to explain but, this real quick. But, but, That's ben, not a recording, what? Ben. It's not a recording. He thought Barbara may find her way down to the Batcave, so he programmed his brain algorithms into the computer is what he says uh, verbatim. Oh. Alfred fucking knows how to create a living AI of his own intelligence. I think he could probably cir- uh, cure this disease he has and do all sorts of... I mean, he basically created AI, and it is doing the Max Hedrum, and that was my favorite part of the movie, was, is watching a man in a tuxedo doing the Max Hedrum head shake. Was computer science a minor you could have at Butler School? I, I think so. Yeah, he was like, I, I I majored in butlers, and I minored in doilies and AI creation. Well, I I will I I will say that if you are a master computer scientist, like if you were, tell me Ben, who do you think is the best computer scientist in the world have, right now? I have no idea because the only people we know are the CEOs of computer companies who don't know what the fuck yeah. they're Just doing. The first person you can. I don't know. Uh, Whoever Bill Gates stole most of Windows yeah. from. Yeah. Whoever Bill Gates stole most of Windows from. If you put them in a like a room and ask them to do surgery on someone, meh. What? Surgery? <laughs> you think they would not know how to do it or they would know how to do it? Alright, you lost me for a second. I was like, wait, are you positing that people who know a lot about computers know a lot about everything? Because no, this they is interesting. They wouldn't know yeah. how to do surgery. I mean, they're super smart on certain things, but... Um, but see, that's what makes butlers so much better, Sarah. <laughs> they know whatever they need to know because they're butlers. That's why we should have never gotten rid of I'm butlers. I'm not saying that all butlers know how <laughs> but, to do but, this, but I am saying I'm going to, maybe he I'm does. going to use this as a segue because speaking of butlers... We get butt shot number three of this sequence as, as <laughs> yes. Barbara dresses up in her costume. Uh, as... As we know, barely legal, Barbara, because she's in her first year of college. She makes sure to say. I read some so, Sarah, extra gross. Sarah had re- read some stuff, and I had uh, followed up on it uh, as a side note about behind the scenes. Is that Alicia Silverstone had an extremely bad time filming this movie? Yes, uh, and I remember from when this movie came out, people calling her fat girl, and I remember yes. seeing the movie and being like. She's of normal weight what for a human being. in God's name is anyone talking about? When I was watching this movie, I was like, are you joking? 
That, that's so, not really spend too much time. I remember on when a I saw it. Weight, I was but... and like I don't know how I saw how I heard about this in '97. Absurd. But I remember it being a thing that people were like criticizing her, and I was like, I don't understand. I think it was because she's like super thin in Clueless. Like, yeah. She's a very tiny, like she's just a tiny person in general. So I guess people expect her to still look the same, but because she like filled out a little. I mean, like she's not even chubby. Like I mean, oh. she has like she looks to me like a person of healthy weight. Yeah, be way, and they way beyond like the ridiculous statement to make. Yeah, they act like she's like jab of the hut. You know what I mean? I'm like I don't get it. And I know she actually quit acting for a while after this movie. Yeah, because she had such a horrible time. Yes, which good decision. So <laughs> let people forget about this movie before you go back. So the fact that that happened made me very upset. I did not know about this before I started reading trivia about the movie. Like I told you, I loved this movie when I was younger, blah, blah, blah. I never even realized the fact that she was only in like the last like 20 minutes, basically. Um... I was really heartened to read that Joel Schumacher seemed to, like, speak out against, like, all the reporters yeah. and stuff who, like, said yeah, anything he was... against her. And I will so... say this. Joel Schumacher gets a ton of hate for this movie, for the bat nipples. But I, I've i seen tons of interviews with him after this. Because, you know, I was, like, kind of interested to be like, is he a joke? Is there just, like, some? And he's made other really good movies. And he basically says... I was told by the studio to go even more campy than uh, Batman Forever. And he was told when he did Batman Forever, they said, we don't want another Tim Burton movie. We don't want it to be dark and serious. We want you to make it light and fun like the old TV show. So he did, and that movie did well. And they were like, do it even more. So he just did what he was told. Which, and if that's... Nobody, nobody watching the dailies was like... Uh oh, You know, nobody stopped him and said, we think we made a mistake telling you to do that. We got to rein this in quick. So, yeah, one of the things that I read about this movie was he was up on, like, a crane every day yelling at all the actors and everyone saying, this is a cartoon, this is a cartoon, don't worry about it. Just make sure that they were aware that it was supposed to be campy and not serious and stuff. But still, like, the whole Alicia Silverstone thing, like, weighed a little heavy with me. It's a bummer. Yeah. Now, uh, we are. Th- this is this is quite a long episode for well, us at this point. I mean, the, the finale is a big mishmash of colorful nonsense. But I do want to. I, I, I do want to lightning round a couple of my last notes. Yes, I, I have a bunch of things I want to lightning round too. So I was going to say is, how about we do a lightning round? Here, I'll, I'll start. I'll, I'll do one, and then we'll we'll pass it around. Comments on the the final act. The the big the big. Uh, 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 boss sequence at, at the observatory. Uh, number one, uh, Poison Ivy at one point is uh, it says in response uh, to some ice melting, ooh, slippery when wet, which, by the way, <clears throat> not a plant thing. Um, not a plant pun. Just just gross. Just straight yeah. up innuendo. Uh, there's no connection straight to any other setting gross. in that scene. Just straight sex. Uh, I when... I don't mind it. <laughs> Fair enough. When Barbara Wilson shows up uh, as Batgirl and starts fighting Poison Ivy, because, you know, they, they had to, you know, she shows up, she kicks her in the face and says this line that's really empowering for women. 
Chicks like you give women a bad name. Hmm. Hmm. I, I like that they wanted to make sure they got chicks back into the film. Uh, that also includes the scene where, as Batman shows up, she says, Bruce, it's me, Barbara. No shit. <laughs> I think you figured it out. May have gotten the... Can I ex- you sound very identifiable. <laughs> Can I expand on that a little bit? Sure. It sort of defies the consequences of a lightning round, but go ahead. Yeah, light, lightning yeah. round your response. So, I think it's... Uh, I hate it. Because okay. Poison Ivy is over-sexualized, and then they turn Alicia Silverstone's character into, like, this little schoolgirl. It, does, it doesn't work at all. Uh, it's it's real gross. Speaking of Poison Ivy's character, she actually yells the word curses as she's defeated, which is hoping, yeah. something mm-hmm. I hope that I can do one day. I yell that I, every day. I yell curses! <laughs> like when you get cut off in traffic, just, yeah. uh, just good old yeah. curses and a fish shake. At, uh, at one point when she first meets Bruce Wayne and reveals her insane plan about how millions of people should die so that there can be more plants, uh, she's walking away being led by guards and has a monologue where she says, I need to kill Batman and Robin, and those guards are still right beside <laughs> her. You can see the one guy's elbow in frame. Also, re- And she is talking out loud. Real quick on that scene, she has what I can only assume is a, is a green initiative full of ways in which uh, uh, Wayne Enterprises can cut their use of major fossil fuels. And Batman's response is, no way, we gotta have that diesel. <laughs> and well, then, he, and then but her plan is, high, high five. her plan is, no one's George. allowed to use fuel at all. You can't use any natural gas or fuel to heat your home. And that's like, he's like, uh, you can't do that. Yeah, but he doesn't even have like a follow-up being, oh, we'll work on some solar or something. No, he's just like, no, nah, we needed that diesel fuel. Uh, I'm corporate man, goodbye. It was actually really disappointing because I was like, boy, I don't know if I love the position I'm put in here <laughs> to think Poison Ivy might be on to something. Um, but uh, it, It's your turn for a lightning round because I still got like three more. Well, uh, did, did you catch the, the chase sequence where they really wanted to sell toys by showing a new motorcycle for Batwoman to, or Batgirl to ride? Mm-hmm. But more importantly... Yes. Uh, as as random ice particles are being thrown at them, she does some of the worst wire wire work flip I've ever seen, where she's lifted up by the waist and her arms and legs go limp behind her as she flies off to the top of the screen. It's blah, chef's kiss. And then and then she he just drives back up next to her motorcycle <laughs> and she jumps back on. Yeah, completely pointless. They also stopped to change clothes so they could sell a version of their toys that had silver lining, so you knew it was the ice version. Yep. Uh, I didn't know if you noticed this in the scene where they break poison or they break Mr. Freeze out of jail, which is insane because there's two guards just standing in a cell for some reason. Um, Bane breaks into the like evidence room, which is at an insane asylum. And in the foreground, we see meticulously laid out uh, Two-Face's suit and the Riddler's outfit. But then next to it, it's just a saxophone. I was curious what insane <laughs> same person got arrested and his evidence was a saxophone. Are, are you forgetting about the Jazz Master? Because oh. you never forget about the Jazz Master. You only forget about him once. <laughs> I may be slightly misinterpreting what we're doing right now, but I did want to bring it up. I love how Poison Ivy turned the SLC punk like basement into her special... like, like the, the Turkish bath? Yeah. yeah. Yes, the Turkish bath into a greenhouse. Into her, yeah. like, greenhouse. It was like an SLC punk, like... Orgy room? Orgy room, <laughs> and now she had... Yeah. That was 
was super sweet. Also, was she defeated by the big plant? Is that what happened? Yeah, it, it apparently ate her, <laughs> but then she was fine. Also, they well, take her to Arkham for even though she's a criminal, she's not really insane, I don't think. But she's in Arkham, and they've let Mister Freeze show up as her cellmate to torture. Not cool. And he's in his he's in his full freeze outfit. He's in his power suit. Also, I can only also, imagine mentions... that he broke out and. That was supposed no. to be the beginning of the next. No, he's announced as saying that no. he's allowed to come in oh. there. Well, then yes, never mind. Because fuck, because fuck uh, Bat- Chicago. Batman says, "I'll have your wife move to the Arkham Lab so you can t- continue to work." What? Why would Arkham have a state of the art like <laughs> anti-disease lab? It's an insane asylum. All right, we're, we're, which has cobwebs everywhere. We're assigned duties tonight. Uh, Greg, you're moving. You're moving the Riddler to his new cell. Uh, Bill, you're cleaning up the Joker cell. He made a mess in there. Uh, Frank, you're gonna help research uh, leukemia in the in the lab wing. Sorry, man, <laughs> it's your hey, turn. And don't fuck up the centrifuge this time. Hey, folks. Yeah. Do you remember when you asked me uh, if you thought Oxford and Cambridge would be angry about having their names mentioned? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you remember the scene where the two doctors are hanging off of the laser at the end of the movie? And uh, the one doctor yells, it's one of those days, implying that he's had a lot of bad days that involve being frozen by a mad doctor. Pogues, I know you're... Being thawed and then hanging I, from I, I know you're making a joke, but they live in Gotham. True, you're right. <laughs> My brother actually said something, and I was able to quote back to him, uh, the Hanger Rats we did. Me and Ben used to do a webcomic, and we talked about why anybody would continue to live in Gotham, because, like you would constantly be in danger of being killed. And we he posited, like, oh, maybe it's low uh, property tax. Maybe it's, like, they give away, like, free food. I forget what they were, but I, I was like, I'll have to find that comic and send it to my brother. But anyway. That's a good deep cut for us. That, that is a great Way back cut. to college. Um, uh, the last note that I have of, any, of anything is that uh, the outro uh, is, a smashing, yes. is a Smashing Pumpkin song. I believe the beginning is the end. Oh. Different, I have a different note about a song during the credits. Uh, but that Smashing Pumpkins song, I think, uh, was was either not released yet and was put into the credits, or maybe it was even written for the movie. I don't know for sure. Don't quote me. But that song sounded really familiar, and I realized it's just because it's the slowed-down version Is the, it was in the trailer for the Watchmen film, uh, which just is a weird connection there, that to use that same song two different really? speeds for two different movies that couldn't be more different. Did you happen to catch the song r kelly wrote for this movie no i didn't p enthusiast and pedophile probably r kelly i don't know cool don't quote me on that (laughs) he wrote a song called gotham city which contains lyrics gotham city city of hope city of joy it's not fucker it's a town overrun by insane (laughs) people and a guy who beats them up while dressed as a bat that's fair well, I think that's that's it. Absolutely, on, uh, the lightning round. So we're gonna do the quick question. Ben, would you recommend Batman and Robin? I gotta say, I, I know I mentioned that it was hard to watch. It, it is too long and it's too busy for sure. No, no question about it. It doesn't do a great job with some of its female characters, and obviously the puns are insulting at some points. But it is just such a fucking spectacle that I cannot say that i had a bad time watching it so i would say yes i would say if you want to revisit it you will be shocked that it will not bore you it will just feel like it's going on a little bit a little bit long sarah yes definitely 
rewatch this. Um, maybe don't rewatch it with anyone who is seven and younger. <laughs> it is a more of an adult film than I remembered. Um, and okay. then maybe make popcorn at the forty-five minute mark. Oh, good tip. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 is actually a good tip. Uh, I will say, in a rare case, yes, I. I I still enjoy this movie. I find it hilarious to watch. It was tons of fun watching it with my brother and making fun of it. This is like, when I talk about like bad movies that become good, this is one of them. It's just so dumb and enjoyable. I, it does not age well because there's a lot of stuff in there that I realized was like, I didn't remember all like the sexism stuff that's in there oh, yeah. and the the weird like jungle party that's offensive. I didn't remember any of that stuff. But if you ever, you know, don't, don't overlook it, but... Uh, Aside from that stuff, it's still a hilarious movie to watch. Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying his best, and I gotta give him credit for that. Uh, it's it's a hilarious film to watch. I recommend watching it with people and making fun of it. It's a good time. So I, I think that will... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I still think this is the best Batman movie. I, I will say, in if you were like, you have to sit down and watch one of the original four Batman movies. Which one are you going to watch? I would say Batman and Robin, just because I'd be like, it's hilarious. I'd enjoy it. And then I would say the original Batman, then Batman Returns, then Batman Forever. I, I would actually go. Forever. I would. I would actually go this one: Batman Returns, Batman, Batman Forever. Yeah. Really, I hate Batman Returns. Remember, he's not even Batman in it. I, mean, I know, I but but Dan DeVito Michelle is Pfeiffer eating raw fish. <laughs> that part's I even have worse. so many Penguin facts about Batman Returns. <laughs> penguin facts! Penguin those. facts! Oh, I did want to mention, there was a sequel to this movie that was set to be produced, but oh, yeah. the negative reaction to Batman and Robin, it was going to have George Clooney in it again, Chris O'Donnell, uh, Alicia Silverstone, the guy who played Alfred, Nicolas Cage had been offered the role of the Scarecrow. Oh boy! And what? supposedly Harley Quinn was going to be. I, I was about I to say how she was going to be in it without the Joker. I was about to say what other nine villains were they going to inject into this movie? That supposedly <laughs> they wanted to cast Courtney Love as Harley Quinn, hmm. but huh. they were going to try to bring back Jack Nicholson, what? Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, I was just and kidding, Carrie, But to appear as themselves in batman and scarecrow fear toxin visions he would have ah. but because this film was done so badly they they cut the fun they, they decided not to make it but there's a, there was a script written and everything for this film which is really crazy we were robbed well uh he he uh yeah he apparently offered the role of scarecrow to nick nicholas cage while filming face off oh jesus we, we were definitely was, robbed it, it, it was going to be called Batman Unchained. Our middle school years were robbed. Well, yeah, they were greatness. empty. Than they I, I would have, I would have <sighs> loved another one of these terrible middle movies. school slash early high school. I would have completely enjoyed one more piece of shit. And this, I mean, Nicolas Cage. You know, <laughs> anyone who's listened to me this podcast long enough knows I will watch any Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. movie just on the chance it's amazing. So I think that's it. Uh, If you'll come back next week, we'll tell you what movie's up next. Bye.